All right. Well, good morning, because where I am right now, it is morning. <laughs> My name is Big Burst. I am actually part of a podcast group called Urban Breakdown Network. I have my own podcast on that network, uh, Politrix, and I do it my partner slash friend slash producer slash showrunner, F. Christopher Blue, who also has his own uh, podcast on there, um, and also with uh, Odiflay uh, Okwe, and I've known her for years, and I'm probably still butchering her name. We just call her Odie, and I do a, a, a podcast with her. We tape on Sundays called 360 Degrees. Now, Odie has her own podcast called O's Odyssey, which is a travel podcast, but, and she's also developing her own uh, travel app called Sardines, Sardines LLC. Now, unfortunately, uh, she's really started to get into the groove with it uh, about the time that COVID hit. So, of course, things got ground to a halt, but she is ready and waiting in the wings for travel to get back in full and be able to tell stories of travel. I'm more of a homebody. So for me, I live in North Carolina. Going home to New York to visit my dad was like my around the world in 80, in 80 days moment. <laughs> so now I'm, I'm kind of putting politics on the shelf for a little bit because I want to try something a little bit different. You know, I started taping on Anchor uh, back in 2017, 2018. And then, you know, with the uh, Urban Breakdown, we started taping on a different format. And I think we started taping on Zoom recently. But I wanted to try something here, okay? I look at it like this, okay? I have a whole bunch of Facebook saves, right? Articles, memes, videos, stuff like that. Now, of course, you won't be able to see videos in this format. I'm not doing video, I'm doing audio. Blue's been trying to get me to go on video for the last couple of years, and I've been fighting it because as I, as I joke with him, I have a face for radio. <laughs> Plus, I have a, a, a wonky eye, you know, just like my uncle had, God rest his soul, and it doesn't play well with the camera, so I don't like to be on camera if I don't have to. So, I just prefer to do audio. Now, um, this is more of a, I don't know if you want to call it a passion project, and I'm pretty sure that by the sheer virtue of imagination and how many podcasts are out there, this is not an original idea. But what I want to do is I want to start from, uh, I, guess we'll just, well, I guess we'll say today, and go backwards, do my Facebook saves, and uh, just talk about those saves. And just to see how far back it goes and to see how long I, I could stick with this. And I want to see how well some of the stuff aged over the years. I think that would be, I think that would be fun, especially, especially the political stuff. So it'd be you know, politics, sports, comics, because I'm a big time nerd. Um, memes. I like to fact check memes, you know, stuff like that. So we'll just see how far it goes. Okay. So, but I'm going to start with uh, Rolling Stone put out their top 500 uh, songs of all time. They did albums before, and now that they redid the songs list and added new people on, shifted some things around. I haven't read the whole list yet. So I figure what I'll do is I'll just peruse through the list and then just see what catches my eye and talk about it. You know, I'm a, 
Now, my music knowledge is really back in the, the 90s and early 2000s and, and before. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a music nerd, but I'm a music nerd out of time. Like, I don't really like newer music, so you won't hear me talk about that too much. And if I do, it's probably not going to be anything nice because I'm just becoming a crotchety old man in my middle age. But I'm not going to go song for song. I'm just going to go over whatever catches my eye. Okay, so this is so this part is more of an intro into what I plan on doing with this. So I'm going to start with the, with the Rolling Stone stuff because I'm still writing, you know, still pulling down my articles and still writing. And the reason why I have so many saved articles is because when I used to ride the bus to work, I, I don't drive a car, and I used to uh, I used to ride it, ride the bus into work, and going to work was a short trip. It's like maybe like ten minutes by bus. Going home, even though it's the same distance, now all the traffic is out. So now it takes like half hour, sometimes even 40 minutes just to go up the same patch of road. So, of course, I'm on there reading Facebook articles and especially going to work. You know, sometimes I wouldn't have enough time to read an article. So I would just simply uh, save the article because one time I posted an article without reading it and it ended up being complete and total nonsense. I, I guess it was a parody site because they said there were... That we're going to reboot Martin with Martin Lawrence and then just have uh, Ashanti playing Gina. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I just posted on my Facebook page. And then I was just like, I'm working. This is hours after I started working. I was like, that doesn't even sound right. <laughs> so I had to pull the article down because it was fake. So I, that's why I started getting a habit. If I don't have time to read the article, I'll just save it. But I've saved going back years. So I'm just curious to see how far back it would go. Now, these are probably going to be in some chunks until I get the whole editing with Anchor thing down. Because when I tape on my phone, which is what I used to do when I first started with Anchor, I think they give you like an hour or two to run, even if you're solo. But I'm on my PC because my friends got me a really nice uh, CAD mic, you know, and basically... Uh, on PC, like on desktop, they only give you half an hour. So I probably, I'm more than likely going to have to start mashing these things together. So I always have to watch my time, you know? So I'm going to start with the Rolling Stone article, at least between um, 500 to 400. And like I said, I'm not going to do every single song because that would be tedious and boring. Just whatever catches my eye, you know? And then we'll we'll take it from there. So, and as always, let me know what you guys think. And let me know, if, uh, you know, in the comments or what have you. So, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the, uh, with the first hundred of the uh, Rolling Stone list. And uh, I'll catch you on the next one. All right, so we're just going to jump right into it. Rolling Stones, uh, top 500 songs of all time. And like I said, I'm, I'm this is my first time going through it. So I'm just going to go through and just see, you know, whatever catches my eye. Talk about it a little bit. Uh, starting at number 500, Kanye West's Stronger. I got to tell you, I haven't liked the Kanye West album since graduation. You know, every I, I gave him a pass on 808s and Heartbreak because his mom passed away and everything else after that has just been. I mean, Kanye's always been insufferable. That's part of his charm. 
but then it just became insufferable garbage. But, you know, people seem to like garbage. That's what sells the most. Like all these rappers with little in front of their names just seem to sell a sacrilegious amount of singles. So what do I know? I'm not a professional critic, you know. I, I And it's funny that Stronger is on there because Stronger is possibly my least favorite song on that album. So if they did uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing or something like that, I might have been like, oh, okay, but this one, mm, whatever. Uh, the Supremes, Baby Love at $4.99. I mean, uh, I was never that big a Diana Ross fan. I, I was more impartial to Aretha Franklin and Gladys Knight, but she was serviceable. And I mean, you know, they were like one of the cornerstones of Motown and all that other stuff. So I imagine they were going to have a song on there at some point. Uh, Lizzo made the list at 497 with Truth Hurts. I've never really listened to a Lizzo song all the way through. Uh, and it's just because I've fallen out of love with R&B. I grew up on, you know, Luther Vandross and even through the, through the New Jack age, like with Keith Sweat and Johnny Gill and uh, Jared Levert and stuff like that. The new stuff, I mean, I can't really get into songs where it's just about how, like, some dude fucks some dude's wife. Like, I can't really get into that. That's just not my cup of tea. So, but, I, I, you know, I guess she deserves to be there. Why not? Uh, Carly Simon with You're So Vain. Uh, once again, not that big a Carly Simon fan, but it's a catchy song. I kind of like it. Uh, Cindy Lauper at 494 with time after time. You know, I will say this. Uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was like that goofy throwaway song for me. But time after time was the, the song that maybe takes Cindy Lauper serious as an artist. Because before she was just like, oh, it's that goofy girl with the, the weird hair. Dude. Now, I will tell you one thing, a, a story about, not about Cindy Lauper, but her stepdad. Stepdad. Um, we used to call him Ralph. I used to work construction with him. You know, my dad worked construction. And I worked with him summers and even did a, a couple years, you know, afterwards, after I got out of high school. And uh, Cindy Lauper's stepdad used to work with us. He was an operator, uh, operating engineer. And he told us a story about Cindy after she hit it big, you know, she bought them, uh, you know, uh, him and her mom, uh, a Jaguar. And he made her take it back because he was like, we live in Queens. We don't have a garage. That car's not going to last two weeks out there on the street. You know, so I, I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, Guns N' Roses at 491, Welcome to the Jungle. You know, there are some bands where no matter how much I hate them, they always have a song where I'm just like, this song is not so bad like a Limp Biscuit or The Cure, you know, or someone like that. Guns N' Roses, I hate every single thing about them. Axl Rose has a voice that sounds like a baby being beaten with a cat. Fuck Guns N' Roses and fuck them for taking up space on the top 500. So Lil Nas X with Old Town Road at 490. Um, I will say this about Lil Nas X, you know, uh, I'm glad that he's out and I'm glad that he's having fun with it, even though he spends too much time, you know, feeding the trolls. 
Uh, Old Town Road was a catchy song, you know. Do I think it deserves to be in the top 500? Not really, no. Do I think that, am I mad that it's there? No. No, I'm not. So, uh, let's see what we got here. <sighs> Lil Wayne at 486 with a Millie. Lil Wayne, he also falls in that category. He only has one song I've ever liked. Like, Lil Wayne has been ruining beats since, like, 1997. I always thought Lil Wayne was was trash, but... The people who I think are trash usually sell the most records. So what do I know? I'm not a professional critic. But Amelie is one of his more annoying songs. And I, I figured if they put Six Foot Seven on there, I might have been like, ah, okay, I could see that. But Amelie, ugh. But then again, anything he's made after that has just been absolutely horrible. So... I guess if he had to have a song on there, I guess it should be that one. You know. Uh, let's see. Weezer's Buddy Holly made it at 484. You know, I will say, was never that big a fan of Weezer, but I liked that song, Buddy Holly, and I liked the video for it, which was basically, um, you know, uh, a homage to Happy Days, because I grew up on that show, you know. So it was just really cool how they did that video. Uh, let's see. What else catches my eye? Robert Johnson, a Crossroad Blues from 1937 is uh, number 481. If you ever, like, Robert Johnson's short life was actually pretty interesting. And I think there's a documentary about his, his death and how they couldn't find his body for years. And it was kind of weird, you know? But... If you ever see anything on TV or in the movies where they talk about, oh, yeah, this dude sold his soul to the devil for fame and fortune, that's where that legend came from. Because supposedly, you know, the legend came from Robert Johnson that, that he died so young. He was, I think he was only 27 when he died. Um, he was murdered, poisoned. And um, that it was because he sold his soul to the devil for fame and fortune. And according to people close to him, that rumor started because it seemed that he went from being uh, a mediocre blues player to like blues legend seemingly overnight. So I will say this, and this is going to be sacrilege. Number 480 is Biz Markie. I was never that big a fan of Biz. I know he just passed away. I know he's a hip-hop legend. I know without him, we probably wouldn't have Big Daddy Kane, who was one of my favorite rappers. But I was never that big a fan of Biz. Never really. And then Just a Friend was was possibly one of my least favorite songs from him, right next to, like, Doo-Doo Rap or some shit like that. I think that was an actual song from him. Don't quote me on that. You know, he was, like, sitting on the toilet, waiting. Ah, I'm not going to sing that bullshit song. No pun intended. But, um... But his early stuff I liked, like stuff from his first album, I did like a lot. You know, I was kind of into biz then, but the more he went on, the least I liked his music. But, you know, just a friend, it does belong on the list. And I don't think it should have been any higher than where it was. Uh, Santana. Uh, Oye como va? I don't speak Spanish and I'm pretty sure I butchered that, uh, that pronunciation. But uh, Santana is, of course, a legend and... I knew he would have to have one song on that list. I did not know that Tito Puente wrote that song. So 
Oh, my God. Juvenile. Uh, back that ass up. I, and I said as because he spells it A-Z-Z. <laughs> Once again, that whole record label, that whole Cash Money Records thing, like I was not a big fan of like the Cash Money camp and the No Limit camp. So my Southern rap was it went as far as like Scarface and like the Ghetto Boys and all of them. And then, of course, um, Dungeon Family stuff like Outkast, Goody Mob, stuff like that. But yeah, Juvenile, ugh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I like Go-Go's at 477 with Our Lips Are Sealed. I like that song. And I figured if, they were, if this is their only song on the top 500, I'd be okay with that. Even though they do have, you know, they do have some other songs that I do like. Let's see. Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. She had better songs than this. I mean, Rhythm Nation was a good song and it had a slick sample from uh, Sly and the Family Stone. You know, it's funny. Janet had, uh, I think, like one or two albums before Control that like her brothers produced that were just, I'm not going to call them trash. I'm just going to, I'm just going by how they were received by critics because I didn't even know she had, if I didn't work in a record store, I wouldn't have known that she had albums before Control. I would have just thought that Control was her first solo album. And then she got with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and the rest, you know. Curtis Mayfield at 474 would move on up. Once again, I love Curtis Mayfield. Now, maybe I'm just, like I said, I'm just going through this for the first time and Maybe that song was just not clicking in my head. I usually think of stuff from the Superfly soundtrack or um, stuff like um, If There's Hell Below, stuff like that. But, you know, I'm pretty sure if I heard this song right now, I'd be like, oh, I know that song. It deserves to be on the list. Uh, Tammy Wynette at 473 at Stand By Your Man. Uh, I'm African-American and I'm, I was actually born in New York. My parents are from the West Indies. And I've never really understood the connection between West Indian people and country music. Now, knowing more about country music, I do know that African-Americans had a, a big part to play in the formation of country music. And it's been a, a tragedy that a lot of country greats, Charlie Pride, chief among them, are not admitted into um, the Country Hall of Fame. But, you know, my mom was... I don't know if she's that big a Tammy Wynette fan, but she loved this song. You know, it just kind of stood out and just kind of caught my eye. Uh, Animals, House of the Rising Sun at 471. I started getting into a lot of these old 60s and 70s songs. Like, you know, like that and Mamas and the Papas and stuff like that. Because of working in a record store and being able to hear these songs on a regular basis. Like, I, I know a lot of that AM Gold stuff because my mom used to listen to it, but stuff like this wouldn't really be on there. And uh, a lot of it ended up on soundtracks. Like uh, the Forrest Gump soundtrack was a huge soundtrack and it had a lot of great stuff on it. I don't think this was on the soundtrack, but I've heard, you know, I've heard this song in the store and I'm like, this is a good song. I like it. Gladys Knight and the Pips, Midnight Train to Georgia at number 470. Here's something that you might not know about the Pips. I mean, if you're not if you're not from my generation, I'm Generation X. The Pips were 
Gladys Knight's brother and cousins. Now, from what I've hear I've heard from like you know interviews with other people and stuff like that, like that was like their little sister and you know their little cousin. So they were just fiercely protective of Gladys. You know, wouldn't it be funny? Um, I I know there's probably no video of this because of the times. But I imagine there had to be a time where, like, Gladys Knight and the Pips are just coming on, to, getting ready to get on stage and, you know, do their stuff. And somebody makes, like, an off-color comment about Gladys, you know, and the Pips just chase them down and beat the shit out of them. Like, they're just putting the boots to them, just have them laying in a puddle of his own piss. And then they're like, oh, shit. We got to go on stage and they're out there doing a you know, like midnight train to Georgia. They still got blood on their shoes and their pant cuffs from kicking the shit out of somebody. I, that has to exist someplace. If no place else, then only in my imagination. But Gladys Knight definitely deserves to be on there. I don't know if she'll have other songs on there, but if she has to have one, it would be this. I mean, Gladys Knight is uh, last night in the Pips Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. Um, yeah, definitely. <sighs> Dixie Chicks, goodbye, Earl. You know, I don't know much about Dixie Chicks music, but I know this song because I used to play it all the time when I used to work in a record store. And I understand, you know, it's it's basically, as they describe, it's a murder ballad where they, you know, she she poisons her abusive husband. I get it. You know, I get the appeal of the song, from a battered woman standpoint, but does it deserve to be on the top 500 songs of all time? I'm pretty sure they had other songs that should be there besides Goodbye Earl. Nirvana's Come As You Are at 467. This should be way up in the list. This should be like top 100. You know, I was a big Nirvana fan, you know, and it's funny, like all the grunge acts I followed in, in the 90s, like they're almost all dead now. Like they they just need to keep Eddie Vedder in like a, a protective barrier to keep him from hurting himself. Like like you know uh, Lincoln Park, you know Chester Bennington. I think it's Chester Bennington passed away. Kurt Cobain, uh, Scott Weiland, you know all them. But uh, "Come as You Are" is a great song. I actually like that one better than "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and uh, it should be higher on the list. Luther Vandross, never too much at 466. I think this is when he just, I think he was with a, a group called uh, Change, I think was the name of the group, you know? And then I, I want to say this came out in 81. I think this is about the time when he started going solo. Don't quote me on that. But this was, a. I mean, when I was a kid, and this used to come on the radio, oh, this song was fire back then, man. That, 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 you know? And then Luther was just ripping it, man. You know, rest in peace, Luther Vandross. And I will say this about Luther Vandross. If I had to have a final album to go out on, Dance With My Father, that would be it. So, <sighs> Daft Punk. I didn't realize that, that Daft Punk was involved in, in this song, Get Lucky. Like, Farrell has this way of making these, uh, these earworms. I mean, the songs just kind of suck, but you can't stop singing them. And then they just have like, you know, uh, I don't know, man. Does it really need to be on the top 500 songs of all time? Absolutely not. No. Ugh. 
you know, whatever. <laughs> John Lee Hooker's Boom Boom. The first time I ever heard this song was uh, Blues Brothers. You know, I, I love that movie. It's come on cable all the time. And, you know, they had the, and, and Blues Brothers was like the first, I never liked musicals. So Blues Brothers was the first musical that I actually liked, you know, and then if you've never seen it, you know, it had John Lee Hooker, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, James Brown, you know, doing tracks on there. Cab Calloway did Minnie the Moocher on there, you know, so yeah, fantastic song. Let's see what else we got here. Sade's No Ordinary Love. Once again, um, I don't know if, I mean, there's a lot to like about Sade's music. And I don't know if there's a better song that should be on here. Maybe King of Sorrow, but that's that may be a reach. You know, but Ordinary, No Ordinary Love was a fantastic track. And I think the Deftones actually covered it. You know, which is a weird song for them to cover because I like Tino Moreno a lot. I love Deftones, but if there was a song that they probably should not have covered, it would have probably be Sade's No Ordinary Love, but they still kind of somehow made it work. Uh, Beck at 458 with Loser. You know, I always thought that Beck was a pretentious prick, and I think he only had like two songs that I like this one and like New. What's it called? New pollution or some some stupid horse shit. I don't know. But ah, he's there. What are you gonna do at 458 with loser? Uh Bon Jovi at 457, Living on a Prayer. I heard this song recently because and I skipped it <laughs> because I've been doing this thing at work where I've been listening to Spotify's uh they have like a top hits of and then they have like from whatever year. And I started with 1970 and I just happened to be on 1986 yesterday. And this song was the top of the list. And as, as soon as it got past the first, oh, I was like, skip. What song is next? Never a Bon Jovi fan at all. And, but just based on their popularity at the time. And VH1 had um, like the, top songs of the 80s or some shit like that and they had the, the fans voted and living on a prayer was actually the number one song on that list go figure jefferson airplane's white rabbit not much more you could say about that it was a great song uh it's been covered a few times you know uh there's a group like a electronic group called collide who covered it their cover was decent but then they had like a really cool remix of it at least i thought it was cool on the Resident Evil Apocalypse soundtrack, which is the whole reason why I bought that soundtrack. I bought it for that song. So, uh, let's see. Missy Elliott's uh, The Rain, Super Duper Fly. Was never that big a fan of Missy, but I didn't hate Missy because I think we needed Missy, you know, for that time. Around the time when everything was like, everything was just all, you know, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, all like the MOP and all that. I love that stuff. And I think we just needed that balance of somebody just having fun out there. So as much as I was not a fan of Missy, we needed her, you know. And I thought she had better songs, but The Rain, it's still a good song. And it's still at a good spot at 453. Toto's Africa. 
I, I dare you, for people in my generation, I dare you to play this song and have people not sing the lyrics. Not, I mean, not sing the chorus, you know. There's only two other songs I can think of like that from the 80s. Well, aside from Living on a Prayer, it's probably uh, AHA's Take On Me and maybe um, Naked Eyes, Promises, Promises. Okay, at least for me, Promises, Promises. I love that song. Oh, my fucking God. The Migos at 451 with Bad and Bougie, their worst song. Actually, there's no such thing as the worst Migos song. All Migos songs suck by virtue of the Migos. And then they put Lil Uzi Vert on there, which is like, hey, y'all drowning? Here, here's an anchor splash, you know? Because Lil Uzi Vert sucks worse than the Migos do. But what do I know? They sell tons of records. People love them. And this makes me feel like an old crank. But you know what? Fuck the Migos for taking them space on this list. And fuck little Uzi Vert too. And I'm just hoping this is the only Migos song on the list. For fuck's sake. <laughs> so, all right. Catch y'all on the next one. All right, I'm I'm just getting back into Anchor, and I'm pretty sure that I was probably going to be able to meld all this together seamlessly, so there was no need for me to say, catch you on the flippity-flop. So, <laughs> but just in case, let's continue uh, with this uh, top 500 list from 450 to 401. 449 is Blue Oyster Cults Don't Fear the Reaper. How in the hell did they get a... Uh, a song about a suicide pack gone bad on the radio is beyond me. I really don't know how they did it. And if you're not from my generation, if you ever hear somebody joke about uh, needing more cowbell, this is the song that inspired it. So basically, there was a skit on Saturday Night Live with Will Ferrell and uh, Christopher Walken. And they're doing the song and then they're just really going in on the cowbell you know, like really loud. And he comes back and, you know, Christopher Walker's producer, he comes back and he's like, it could have used more cowbell, you know? Uh, it's a good song. It's in a good spot. Erica Badu's Tyrone. Ah, oh, man, she had better songs. It's, it's a good live song, especially the little stinger at the end. And I was just like, the fact that that ended up on the list uh, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Let's see here. What else we got here? Oh, 50 Cent in the club. I do not like 50 Cent. There, I said it. Never a fan. The only, only song I ever liked from 50 Cent was um his, like, uh, How to Rob. Like, the song that he came out with before his first album came out. Because it was pretty clever. But... All this other stuff is just, it was just basically just meh to me. But I'm in the minority with my friends. They love 50 Cent. And then, of course, they would have to put my least favorite 50 Cent club, I mean, 50 Cent song in the club on the list. I think the only song I hate worse than this one from 50 Cent is like Candy Shop or some shit like that. I don't know. Motorhead's Ace of Spades at 442. Uh... My favorite song from Motorhead is No Voices in the Sky. But if any song was going to make the list from Motorhead, it was going to be their most famous song, Ace of Spades. 
you know, just can't beat that song. Let's see. Celia Cruz, uh, La Vida es un Carnaval. I didn't realize that she died so long ago, and I was trying to figure out, you know, just popping in my head. That's why I stopped on Celia Cruz, and I was like, wait a second, she died like years ago. They had an article, they they made a, a, I guess it was like a Barbie doll dedicated Celia Cruz. I think that's, I think that might have been what it was. Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce Savage. You know, there is no rapper I'm disappointed in more than Megan Thee Stallion. Because here's the thing, all these female rappers who want to be Instagram models and talk about being on their thought shit and, you know, body yaddy yaddy yaddy. I mean, Megan Thee Stallion is a, she can rap. She can really rap. And the fact that she went the, the money route, it's just disappointing to me. I remember, oh God, uh, what's his name? Corday or whatever his name was. They had him when they had the cypher and uh, Corday was, no, it wasn't Corday. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong rapper. I'm trying to think of it. It was some some goofy-ass mumble rapper went on first. He was wearing a white mink coat or some shit like that, and he was just absolutely horrible. And then Megan Thee Stallion came on after him, and she ripped it. And when, when, when they would put the camera back on that rapper, his face was tight, man. He was just like, mmm, because he knew he sucked. You know, he just knew it. So... But yeah, I mean, I don't think Megan belongs in the top 500. I don't think she has songs good enough to be on there. She's wasting a spot. She should evolve first and then just make some, then she could be on the list, you know. Rush with Limelight. I'm trying to remember what song this was because at 435, because I'm pretty sure if I heard the song, I'd recognize it. And I think I, I think I could hear it kind of in my head. It's from their uh, their Moving Pictures album. I mean, if a song was going to be on there, I would have think it was probably going to be... Uh, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of the name of the song. Not Tom Sawyer, but um, I'm going to butcher the name of it. Like I said, I didn't write this beforehand. I'm just going through the list now. <laughs> so forgive me if I flood it. But I know after I finish taping this, I'm going to listen to this song and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that song. That song does be belong on there. The Ramones at 434 with Sheena is a punk rocker. Never heard of that song. Now, I've heard of the Ramones. While I'm not a fan of the Ramones, uh, I don't hate them. I was never really into punk rock back then. Maybe a, a tiny smidge of, uh, uh, what would you call it? The, uh, the guys who saying God Save the Queen, but... And not even the clash I was that into, you know. You know, it was it was that that type of angst was before my time. Like when when like when that song came out, when Sheena's a punk rocker, I was like a little kid. So that wasn't really anything that was on my radar back then. So I'd imagine if I heard up like, oh yeah, uh, I won't speak on whether they whether it belongs to be there or not. But I would have thought like, uh, I want to be sedated would have been on there instead of whatever the hell this song is. Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls. I I don't know. I don't even know if the Pet Shop Boys ever made another song. This is the only song I know 
<laughs> from the Pet Shop Boys. The only song I've ever heard from them is West End Girls. Go figure. Uh, it's a great song. I guess it's in a good spot on the list if it had to be there. I think there's other songs that should be on there aside from West End Girls. But I'm not mad that it's there. Prince is on the list at 431 with a door. Once again, this is from Sign of the Times. Once again, so many other songs. I mean, Prince has, his library is massive. And while I do like the song, he had so many other songs that should have been on the list aside from that particular one. That's, of course, obviously my opinion. Pete Rock and CL Smooth, they reminisce over you at number 430. I remember when Trouble T-Roy died. I say that like I was there, but I mean, I remember hearing about it. And then the way he died, it was, um, you know, Trouble T-Roy, if you don't know, he was a uh, uh, a dancer with Heavy D and the Boys. And they were doing a, a rooftop show. And he, I don't know how, if they were close to the roof, I don't know what happened. But during the routine, he, he tripped and stumbled and fell off the roof and died. So T, uh, so they reminisce over you spells Troy, T-R-O-Y, you know, and it was a family, I mean, you know, Pete Rock is a, is a maestro with the beats. So him and, and CL Smooth, they just had that magic combination, man. And that was definitely a fantastic song. Queen and David Bowie's Under Pressure. You know, it's a good song. I'm not going to say whether it needs to be there or not. I just remember Vanilla Ice being a goddamn buffoon about the fact that they they ripped the song, and then, you know, Vanilla Ice. And he, and he I remember this like it was yesterday. He was saying this with this goofy, it was goofy ass grill on his face. He was like, "Their song is dun 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 da da dun dun. Our song is dun 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 da da dun dun. That little change right there is not the same song." If Vanilla Ice were here right now, I'd punch him right in his fucking face for that stupid ass bullshit. He's one of the reasons why sampling has just become a nightmare. Him and Bismarcky too. Because Bismarcky, when he stole that dude's song, Gilbert O'Sullivan, and then Gilbert O'Sullivan took it way too far and wanted his album pulled off the shelves, that really changed sampling laws forever. You know, but take the song you got to pay, man. That's all there is to it. Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight, I thought should be higher on the list. I would have put it somewhere in the 300s. Just because of uh, the cultural relevance of it, of one of the, if not the first rap single to be on the wax. And I remember hearing stories about Sylvia Robinson. I don't know if it was like her husband or whoever it was that was with her. They would literally just be walking down the street, asking in New York, asking people if they could rap, you know. <laughs> So, um, Big Bank Hank's rhymes were actually not his own. It was from uh, Grandmaster Kaz. And I've heard Grandmaster Kaz tell like three different stories of how Big Bank Hank came up with those rhymes to the point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm not even going to, I don't even care anymore, you know? But I mean, Rapper's Delight is definitely, and I think they did that song in like, one, maybe two takes. Might even been one take. Don't quote me on that. And of course, the first song 
first rap song to be on 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 wax was also the first sampling lawsuit because of course they rhymed over Sheik's good times and of course Niles Rogers took him to court. So oh my fucking god. Nicki Minaj at 426 with Super Bass. Her you know what? Super Bass is not her worst song. It's her second worst song. Um Stupid Hell is her worst song. And then What's his name? Uh, Hype Williams need to have his ass whooped for that annoying ass beat that he did for her. But Nicki Minaj has always been, I never liked her at all, at all. And I don't know what it is about her. Maybe it's the fact that she's just so plastic. Or maybe it's the fact that she could rap if she wanted to, but she just chooses the whole money route. And don't get me wrong, she's not nearly as good a rapper as Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion is a much better rapper than Nicki Minaj. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, she's she's wildly popular. She sells a lot of records. She was going to end up on here somehow, some way. Craig Mack uh, for a Flavor In Your Ear remix. Okay, I can see the remix definitely being up on here. Victorious B.I.G., L. Cool J., Busta Rhymes. Rampage, yeah, it's a good song and it's at a good spot. You know, I think he passed away not too long ago. So uh rest in peace, Craig Mack. Let's see here. The Smiths, how soon is now? You know, that's another case of a group or at least a person like in Morrissey that I hate, but they have one good song. I can never say that how soon is now is not a good song. It is a good song. There was a group called uh, Tattoo, T-A-T-U. They were like these fake lesbian Russian chicks. I think that's what they were. And they did a they did a cover of this. And it was just not good because Morrissey, his voice is on that weird wavelength. Like they were, and it wasn't that the song wasn't that good. It's just like a chorus. Like they were just screaming the chorus because they couldn't really find that range like Morrissey had, you know? Morrissey's voice basically sounds like a really sad puppy learned some melodies, you know, and it, it's it's not, a, it's, I guess it's not an easy voice to imitate. It's kind of like Led Zeppelin when they do an immigrant song and that ah part. And I've seen people do really well with it. And I've seen some people butcher it. Even Freddie Mercury butchered it. And Freddie Mercury can sing. Mamas and the Papas at 420 with California Dreamin'. Um, this is another group that I kind of sort of got into because of the Forrest Gump soundtrack. And I think the first time I heard this song was on Forrest Gump soundtrack back in the, uh, back in the 90s. So definitely a good song. Definitely in, in a good spot. Mariah Carey's Fantasy. Once again, never really that big a fan of Mariah. You know, and I especially hated her hip hop stuff. You would think I would like. You would think the hip hop stuff would put me over the top with her. No, I, I didn't. I, I disliked her even more after that. You know, but I mean, she can sing, and I'm never gonna say she can't sing. That would be, uh, you know, that would just be wrong. If I was like, oh, Mariah Carey sucks, that would be an incorrect statement. She can definitely sing her ass off. That's, you know. That's a given. Booker T and the MGs with Green Onions. You know, Green Onions, I just finally, 
put the song to the title like a month ago. And I'm like, that's because it's a song that you hear in movies all the time. But I did, I never knew it was Booker T and the MGs. And then uh, it ended up on one of my uh, one of my Spotify lists. And I was like, get out of here. I did not know that. So let's see here. Pearl Jam's Alive. Once again, uh, I'm not making that sound because of the song. Because at first I thought, Maybe there should be a there should be a different song on the list, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, Jeremy, uh, Even Flow, it's all pretty much the same. Not the same song, but at the same level of relevance. So it's interchangeable because you know what? If they put Jeremy on there, I'd be like, well, what about Alive? <laughs> so it, it, they're all with their relevance, all pretty much the same. So we'll we'll leave that be. The Pesh Mode, uh, enjoy the silence. The Pesh Mode is one of those bands who I hated back in the 80s and 90s and in the 2000s. I, you know, they kind of got a second life with me. And I started to, they started showing up on all my 80s lists. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I was too hard on those techno freaks. This music is really not that bad. And there were even some songs that I liked from them a lot. And this is one of them. You know, re-listening to Enjoy the Silence, I'm like, okay, this is actually a really good song. So it definitely deserves to be on the list. Blondie, uh, Dreaming. I don't know that song. I really don't. That one came out in 79. I'm trying to remember what album that would have uh that would have been on. But you know, I would have figured uh one way or another. Maybe not Rapture. I mean, Rapture was Rapture was a great song when I was a kid. As an adult, I can't really listen to Rapture and be like, yay! You know, but they had better... But then again, it's probably going to be one of those songs where I'm going to listen to it and be like, oh yeah, I do know that song. So that song is not really jumping out at me right now. Let's see. Nutta Cherry with Buffalo Stance. You know, I will tell you this. I bought that Raw Like Sushi album, did not like it. I did not like it. And uh, because I like Buffalo Stance, do I think it needs to be in the top 500 songs of all time? Hell no. Absolutely not. Uh, it's a good song, but it's not top 500 songs of all time. And you know what? If they had put like Buddy X on there from the next album, I'd have been like, Okay, I guess. But not Buffalo Stance. It does not belong on that list. I'm sorry. Let's see what we got here. Ooh, Foo Fighters, Everlong. Not much I can say about that song. Fantastic song, you know. And definitely one of one of Foo Fighters' most enduring and endearing songs. So definitely belongs on the list. And the video was off the hook. I loved, I loved that video for that song. That's back when people used to like, put effort into their music videos <laughs> now everything's on vivo so nobody really gives a shit leonard skinner's free bird is another song where i heard it on the forrest gump soundtrack i'm not i was not really into southern rock maybe ram jams black betty you know what caught my ear and it's not that i think that southern rock sucks because i do not think that at all it just wasn't really my cup of tea. It just really didn't move me. 
or move the needle for me, you know? So we'll, we'll just, but I know it's a popular song and their most popular song. So we're just going to, we're just going to leave that right here. And I would have thought that, well, you know what, as far as relevance, it's all the same. I was going to say maybe Sweet Home Alabama, but you know, I know that song because it's on like a whole bunch of movies, but uh, same relevance, I think. <laughs> Run DMC, Sucker MCs at 406. Let me put it like this. Sucker MCs saved rap music. And Sucker MCs was a B-side. I think the A-side was It's Like That. Either It's Like That or... Uh, I don't know. It wasn't Rockbox. But Sucker MCs was the B-side. But that was uh, the first song I really noticed from Run DMC. There's a line in the song, and in, and I'm getting this from the, the Rolling Stone, the little write-up that they have here, and I did not know this at all. There's a line in the song I've been getting wrong for the last 40 years. Um, there's a song, there's a lyric, it, it was like, they cut the record down to the bone, and now they got me rocking on the microphone. I thought it was they. They cut the record down to the bone, meaning that he's talking about the DJ or the producer. Right. Um, it's the lyric is actually Davy cut the record down to the bone. Right. Davy DMX was actually their guitarist, which I did not know. I know Davy DMX from uh, there was some throwaway rap song called uh, One for the Treble when I was a kid. And um, I did not know that he was their guitarist. And I did not know that line was Davy cut the record down to the bone. So you learn something new every day. So, oh my fucking God. Kiss, rock and roll all night. Kiss is, you know what? They, I was going to say that they don't have anything I like. They do have one song that I like. It's their disco song. It's their sellout song. Because when I was a kid, I liked disco. My parents listened to disco, soul, funk, calypso, and country. The Calypso and the country never stuck with me. So as I got older, I stopped listening to it. But disco, funk, soul stuck with me. Uh, you know, R&B, of course, it stuck with me. But Kiss had a disco song called uh, I Was Made for Loving Her, or it was whatever the hell the name of it was. I liked that song. And you know what? I still like that song. Everything else Kiss did, couldn't stand it. I remember when, oh, what was it, in the, in the 80s, right? the mid-80s, they made this big deal on MTV. Oh, Kiss is going to perform without their makeup. And everybody was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I was just like, I guess I see what these jackasses look like. And then they came out on the screen. And I was like, oh, now I know why they wear makeup. Because they're hideous, especially Gene Simmons. They're like somebody who just beat the shit out of Gene Simmons they wiped off the blood and just pushed him in front of the camera. <laughs> Gene Simmons is the epitome of the rock and roll sellout. Don't believe me? They make Kiss coffins. Coffins with the Kiss logo on it. And unfortunately, Dimebag Daryl from uh, Pantera, after he was murdered, is buried in one. What the fuck, man? Uh, Rufus and Shaka Khan ain't nobody. Fantastic song, you know, from top to bottom. 
definitely, definitely belongs on that list. And Bill Withers' Lovely Day, you know. There are some people who may say that other songs should be on there, like Lean On Me, you know, or, uh, you know, stuff like that. But Lovely Day is like the ultimate Bill Withers song, you know. Love that song. Love Bill Withers. Fleetwood Mac's Go Your Own Way. You know, Fleetwood Mac is like Steely Dan. Like, I never really got into him until after the fact. I didn't get into Steely Dan until uh, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns sampled one of their songs and got torched for it because they the, the record label didn't clear the sample in time because they rushed the album out there for Uptown Baby, which took a sample from uh, Black Cow. I think it was Black Cow. I almost said Black Milk. Black Milk is a massive attack. Black Cow was Steely Dan. Fleetwood Mac, the same thing. Actually, I started getting more into Fleetwood Mac because when I was working at the record store, they had an album called, um, it was like their their comeback concert. I, I struggle to remember the name of it. And I remember like the drummer just did not take care of himself. Like Stevie Nicks looks like he did back in the 70s. Everyone still looks pretty good. Lindsey Buckingham and the drummer just look horribly out of shape. Like I just, and then when they were doing Go Your Own Way, it looked like he was going to fall out. So I don't know if he was having fun or hyperventilating because he was just really tired. But I was just like, and I'm, I'm watching, especially doing the, the long thing at the end of Go Your Own Way. I'm like, oh, he's not going to make it. He's going to faint. I know he's going to faint. There's probably another drummer just with sticks in the hand, just waiting to come over and take over. But he made it. He made it through. <laughs> so, all right. So that's the first hundred songs. So, all right. Uh, I guess sometime this week or maybe next, I'll go over the rest of the songs. So, all right. You guys have a great day.